Welcome back to our New Life Men's video podcast. I mentioned last to some sages in our church. And uh, these are men that have walked with God for a really long time. They've walked with God for decades. And um, they're just a, a deep well of wisdom and life experience. And so I'm excited for you to hear uh, from a man I really, really respect, Dave Eitmiller. Uh, there's so much that could be said about Dave, but Dave is a guy that uh, he uh, has set his heart on walking with God through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. And uh, you're going to hear some of his story today. And so, Dave, I want to thank you for being with us. You're, you're not yep. on the river fishing. You're not training for your next 100-mile ultra marathon. You're actually having kind of a chill day today, aren't you? Yep. On the river tomorrow, though, Mike. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You're back at it tomorrow. Necessary activities, according to the governor. <laughs> Well, Dave, I want to jump right into your story here, and we're going to talk about a, a few different things, but one of the themes that we're going to be unpacking in our conversation is the idea of, of living in a larger story, living mm -hmm. in, in the story that God is telling. And uh, really, when we think about the last two years of your life, you have been living in a really difficult story, a very painful story. And so... I want to jump in. Uh, last fall, I believe it was last fall, you were backcountry guiding in the, the Sierra Nevada mountains, and you received a text message that nobody ever wants to receive. Can you pick it up and, and tell us what happened? Yeah, yeah. Well, even you just saying that strikes some emotion in me. Yeah, um, I mean, we were way off. We were in the middle of a seven-day trip, and um, I received uh, an in-reach satellite message from my wife, Sue, um, that her cancer had spread very quickly. I mean, I was only gone for a week and a half at that time, and that she needed me to come home. I mean, I, I was at least three days hike to the trailhead <clears throat> to get out. and. Um, so that text, I, I was able to speak with her on a satellite phone, which was great, um, thankful for that. But still gut-wrenchingly disruptive, hard uh, text message that you never want to get. And I know she hated to have to send it too. Um, but that, that began a, a three-day um, trek out of the Sierras to get to Reno and get on a plane get picked up by my son-in-law and brought back home to Sue. Um, it was a journey. And, um, and, and as I moved from just being stunned and disoriented to starting this trek with, we picked three of the strongest guys out of the group and uh, they, they went out with me and, and had the time of their lifetime <laughs> taking me out. <laughs> It was, it's not like we're hiking down the Appalachian Trail. We are going yeah. over passes and talus fields and massive snow fields off trail just to get to the trail that gets us out. So it was an epic journey. And, and as, um, 
as I'm reeling and just wondering all that's going on here, one of the guys, as we start off on our track, <laughs> he starts humming the theme, the theme song to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what, you know, unbeknownst to him, you know, that story and all that's wrapped up in that, that trilogy and, and the kingdom of God and the greater trek that, that, that um, Bilbo Baggins and the hobbits all went on. I mean, that just set the theme for this trek out, that this was an unexpected trip. And um, I think it was, it was that whole trip and it was, it was really, a, it was terrible to be away from Sue for a long and not be able to get back right away. But it was a gift from the Father to keep my heart in this place of an incredible beauty, epic adventure, a, a, a trip out that required something of us and that had some stake, some, some real stake in it, some real, um, there's a reason why we had to get out. It wasn't just for fun. It just put, my, put me into this story that God was beginning to tell and invite me into that was just so epic and so appropriate and so, um, and so me. And, um, and it was a really good gift also to have those three or four days before I showed up and entered the fray of what would be Sue's last four weeks. Um, and all that that involved with doctors and medical stuff and trauma and decline of her body and just the trauma of that. But mm -hmm. I think in that, in that whole progression, it was the seeds were planted for me to be able to start to recognize the story that God had been and is telling throughout this whole process with her. And, uh, yeah, it was a gift. It was a great gift of something that would be was tragic, and yet in the tra in the tragedy of it, there is a tremendous amount of beauty. Yeah, say more about that, Dave, in terms of the story that God was telling, because at at one level, it's a brutal story, yeah, full of pain, full of suffering. But in your maturity, your spiritual maturity, you were able to discern that that's not all there was to the story. So say more, what, what kind of story do you feel like God was telling in all of that? Um, well, I think it has to start with the conclusion that you choose to believe that what we're living here, this time we have right now, is, is not all of life. Like, this is not... This is a temporary place we live in. And I knew that in my head, and I was increasingly understanding that in my heart. But when you're faced with the reality of it, you, you have a choice. Like, is this really all we have, or is there more coming? And, and Sue, Sue was so dialed in to being with Jesus all of her life, and particularly now, like when we got, I got back and we had to start working through the doctor stuff and deciding what to do. And 
it was almost like I would be taking her away from something if we chose to fight all kinds of bizarre treatments that might have extended her life because she would have just ended up going through this again and entering into being with Jesus. So I think it has to start with the understanding and our, ripping our roots out of this world and allowing God to start planting our roots into the kingdom of God, into the eternal story that he has, he's offered us. I mean, that's the whole story. That's the story of the gospel. And, um, you know, believing that that is, that is part of the story. It's a bigger part of the story than what we're living here now, even. Um, and that's something that, I mean, I don't think, I, I, will, I will never have as many roots planted on this earth, in this place, in this time, in this chapter of life. Um, ever again. I, I'm, I'm halfway in the kingdom of God <laughs> because Sue is there. My heart is there. And I think that's a, that's, that's been a gift of this whole thing. Like, mm -hmm. isn't that where we should all be anyway? But it's so hard to pull ourselves out of our life that we've made here and look, look forward to the hope that we have for something new, something different, something that's fully restoring what we were meant to have. Dave, when I sat with you as you were walking through this journey with Sue and just as her health was declining, uh, you were grieving, you were heartbroken, but you were also very hopeful because you were aware of the larger story and you were talking about the larger story. And it was actually inspiring for me to hear you talk about this larger story and what it did in my own heart, Dave, is it, it caused me to ask God, okay, what's the story you're telling in my life, sure. in my family. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say to, to people who are asking that question? It's like, I, what, God, what is the larger story for me? And, and how do I even begin to recognize it? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I guess the thing that comes to my mind is, is, we, 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 most of us, and I include myself in this, most of us have put together this life that, that we like, mostly like, and that we, we just ask God to bless it. <clears throat> um, and I, I've, I've come to increasingly understand that that's actually not that's not the story that you see happening in scripture with most people. The story you see in scripture is, is God coming in disrupting people's lives in pretty significant ways, like very significant ways and inviting them into something that is much different than what they ever dreamed. It's 180 degrees sometimes to what they expected and then finding that it's good. It's not easy, but it's good. And they don't go back. You know, they don't go back to the Shire. You know, it just, it's not interesting anymore. And so I think that um, in recognizing the bigger story, I, I would say to, to men and to anybody, you know, the first thing that I think you need to recognize is that the life that you have fabricated, that has had God in it, but still has a lot of your hands on it, um, 
that the disruption that Jesus can bring to that is, is a welcome thing. That, that there is more that he's wanting to invite you into, but you've got to let go of this life that you've crafted and put together and are holding on to and just, God, would you just come and bless it and fix it and make Sue healthy or bring my business, uh, you know, back to health. Um, and those are good things. I mean, my gosh, we, we prayed through Sue's health yeah. many times, you know, and there's nothing, I'm not saying we shouldn't, we shouldn't ask God to bless the work of our hands, but I think the underlying current of our heart has to be an openness to God disrupting what it is we think the story is and allowing our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be open to a story that he has. Um, I think the second thing I would, I would offer to guys wanting to see the bigger stories to not, not stray far away from the scriptures. Don't go for weeks or months without opening the word of God and sitting with it. Even if you read it every day, like sometimes that can become just a ritual too. Or you're trying to work through the Bible in a year, which is great. But what I would say is allow your heart and your spirit to respond to what it is you're reading. Like if you're reading a chapter that you think there's not much in it, but your your heart responds to something, stay there. Like pause. Like don't don't go on. Don't get through the chapter or but go back to that. Like, you know, the spirit of God, I believe, is wanting to highlight something to you when your heart is caught by something. And go with that stuff. Like, I can't even count the number of times that scriptures I'm so familiar with over this last year have been brought to life at just the right moment and brought me something new that I never saw before or that I never was able to take into my spirit and really fully understand and something that helped me interpret what was going on around me as well. Um, you know, for example, I, you know, think Dave and I, you and I talked a little bit about this, but two weeks before this whole pandemic thing started to really snowball and take, take the, the shape of disruption that it has today, Two weeks before that, um, I was reading Leviticus. <laughs> it was not exactly an inspiring <laughs> book, but it was just a little section on the Sabbath year. And rather than just seeing it as a law, the Spirit enlightened for me to see that this was the kindness of God to give the Israelites every seven years a year of being told to just sit back and allow the, allow the land to produce whatever it does and live off the land. Don't work it. Don't go out and strive to create food. The Lord will provide for you during that year, for your servants, for your, the people living in your land, for your animals, for all of the wild animals that are on your land for an entire year. And I realized, like, wow, what, what would it look like if for an entire year you were able to settle into the reality that God provides for you, 
at the end of that year, you would approach work so much differently mm -hmm. because you, you just live for an entire year without having to work the land. And that was two weeks before this all thing, all this, all this hit. And I can't tell you how many times it has brought me confidence that in the midst of my retirement, living off of investments, God will still provide. And it's not up to me to try and work and strive and, and manipulate the system. He will provide for me. Um, guys that I hang around with and we talked, you know, about their businesses and how they're doing. You know, this is a time to recognize that there's, there's a God who has always provided and he always will provide. So I think staying in the scriptures allows us to see the character of God and to be able to recognize a story that's really going on in the midst of all the media and fear and panic and, and distraction that the kingdom of man brings around us to be able to recognize, oh, this is what the story of God looks like. This yeah. is what the kingdom of God looks like in the midst of this. And it's not something you're going to get on CNN. I mean, it's not something you're going to get on all social media. Um, so stay in that stuff. It, God doesn't, God is not, um, he, he's not taken back by our 21st century distractions. <laughs> like he doesn't change. He doesn't work, work that way. So yeah, stay in the scriptures. Um, I think the other thing that's really helped me is just to, just to slow down, to take pause and to allow God to speak into the situation. Um, we, I am shocked uh, the more I slow down how, how fast things go these days. And I don't, and I, has it ever been this way in history? It's crazy. I, and I don't know what the answer is as to how slow I go or how much I take on every week. But I know for sure that I benefit from pausing for a minute, for several minutes, for a morning, for, you know, throughout the day to just take in a view that I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. You know, just, you know, this morning, Gabe, we, we talked, you know, setting up this, this talk, like, should we do it at nine or 10? And like, there was part of me is like, well, let's just get it over with. Let's get on so we can get out. No, like, no, let's do it at 10. I'm going to go out and go for a nice leisurely run. I'm going to make some breakfasts. You know, let's be kind to ourselves. Let's just slow down and allow God to speak into the moment. You know, if we're not giving him that opportunity, he doesn't force himself on us, or at least I don't want him to force himself on me. That's not as comfortable as being willing to like reorient and say, yeah, I give you my agenda today. Like, yeah. you know, you have access to it. Mm -hmm. And when you say nice leisurely run, you're an ultra marathon <laughs> guy. So is that we talk? Um, <laughs> you just yeah, you just you just froze up there. It was a leisurely run, and I was you would have been fine with me, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's talk more about pace. You're talking about slowing down, and because there's a kingdom pace that God invites us to move at in life, yeah. and I think that's especially important considering what we're walking through now with the pandemic yeah. and the shutdown. Because this isn't going to be a quick fix. Yeah. I mean, I I believe that God is speaking to us as the body of Christ, saying, 
okay, be steady, settle into a sustainable pace and be steady. So what have you learned, Dave, about pace? And especially as an ultra marathon guy, I mean, you, you got to settle into a pace that's going to sustain you for a hundred miles. So. Right. Right. I, and I, I would say to people, gosh, don't waste this time. What a gift to reset, to reestablish a pace of life that's good for your soul. Like a global pandemic that forces you to be at home with your family. I mean, if this was over next week, I'd almost be disappointed. Like, I don't feel like I'm reset enough yet, you know? So, yeah, I, pace. A hundred, you know, the metaphors there, we've talked about it before, Gabe, but, you know, I, I, I ran a hundred mile race last September, a month after Sue passed away. And um, my girls were there supporting me, which was awesome because Sue was always there and it was quite an emotional trip. <clears throat> but, you know, I, 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 I felt like I had the invitation, the environment to just, it didn't matter what happened in this race. I just, I just was kind of, the fact that I was able to run it was, was a gift. And so early on, you know, I, I knew I, I always go out fast. You know that, right? <laughs> you run, you've run races to know every runner goes out fast and burns quick and, but this race, and it's, I mean, it was my 400-mile race. I've done lots of others. I really felt the, the freedom to just go at whatever pace, like just nice, steady, slower than what I thought I needed to go. And, uh, you know, it turned out being the best race of my life. I mean, I, I, you always are going to feel bad on 100 miles. People are probably laughing at that, but <laughs> that's <laughs> like stating the obvious. <laughs> like you are going to have your moments. And I had my moments and more than moments, but it happened a lot later. Um, I was able to stay strong um, through the end. I was able to run the last six miles at a pace that um, I never would have expected, but was required for me to get to the goal at that point in time. I never would have had the energy to do that if I didn't go slow early on, if I didn't take it easy and just enjoy um, moving through a beautiful part of the country during those early, early hours of that first day. Um, so I think as we, as we go into this, like this shutdown period here and, and all that's involved, like don't be, live in the now. I would say like you have to live in the now of a hundred mile race. You can't live in the 80 mile marker when you're 50 or you can't live in the 90 mile marker when you're, you know, you have to live in the now and enjoy what it is you have this moment, this day, go at a pace that your soul can handle, you know, whatever expectations others are putting on you, whatever expectations you're putting on yourself, dial them back by 80 or 40%. I, you know, just dial them back. What have you got to lose? This is the opportunity to do that. And to find out that if maybe, you know, maybe just maybe the pace that you've been running up until now 
is is too fast for your soul. And there's so much more that is on offer to you as you slow down. And you may just find that coming out of this, whenever you whenever that happens, um, you have a whole new pace of life that's so much more graceful and and in the rhythms of, of God's speaking into your story and leading you into something deeper. So um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm walking into each day. Um, it's just like saying no to stuff. I mean, I had, I had two invitations last night to go sit around some fires with people illegally. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't do it because like now governor said no, but I just, no, you know, man, both of these groups of people, I would just love to hang with, love to do it. But I just, no, I'm, I just, I don't feel it. I don't feel it this evening. I feel, I, I feel like just the need to slow down to go to bed early. Make those choices now when you can to slow down. Yeah. That's wise. Uh, Dave, the last thing I want to ask you about is uh, I, I read an article that was written about you in Trail Runner magazine. Mm. And the article is capturing the story of, of this last race in September. And your goal was to be the first person uh, in your age group, 60 or above, to run 100 miles, the run, rabbit, run uh, race uh, mm. in your steam to run that course in, in less than 30 hours. Right. So it's a really quite a fascinating story. It's, it's, mm. it's capturing your attempt to do this right after Sue's passing. Yeah. And so you're coming to the end of the course. You have, he has been beat down. Uh, and yet the thing that you're thinking uh, is life is rich. Mm. Mm. And that, that struck me because considering what you had just walked through with Sue, considering what you had just run through for the previous 94 miles, and the thought in your mind as you're coming to the finish line is life is rich. But speak to that. How do you, how can you say that considering the suffering you had just been walking through in your life and then also the suffering in the, the race? Yeah. Well, for one thing, I know that Sue was there. She was fully alive. Um, she would have loved to be there physically. <clears throat> um, but also, I had, I had recognized, I think at that time, that there had been so many things that God had invited me into and made available to me that were just so perfect for who I was, I am, for all that has happened in my life. There's a lot of things that were coming together that God was giving me a, a, a huge sense of purpose and, and showing me the story that he had for my life, even before Sue was gone. Like Sue was very comfortable with leaving me. <laughs> I mean, she, she, you're going to be fine. She, she would say that. It's like, you have no idea. Like, and you know, months afterwards, it's like, how could you even say I'd be fine? I'm not fine. But she knew that there was so much richness to my life that God had brought in to, that just, that, that was just, 
incredible. And so here I am a month after she's passed away. And like a lot of these things are going on. They're still continuing. They're things that God had given me there. And now I have this freedom to, to lean into those even more. Um, I, I don't have the responsibility of taking care of Sue anymore. And I would take it back in a minute, mm-hmm. anytime. I'll, you know, I'm not saying that I don't want her back, but I will be with her again. And we'll share all these stories. But this chapter of my life, God has brought Sue into wholeness and, and freedom and full restoration. And I'm going to be there. And I have a chapter of life that I'm living now that has, has this freedom to fully live in the story that God's invited me into even before she was gone. And so that's, that's what I was experiencing in that race is like, you know, my race is not over. And, um, and, uh, and here I'm experiencing something with my daughters that I wouldn't have experienced if, if Sue was here. Um, so I think there's a phrase that, you know, God gave me early on when Sue passed away. I just thought, man, I don't, it's never going to be the same God. And he just, he just said to me, you know, yeah, it's going to be different, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to be good. Mm. And that, I, that meant, that means even today, as you can tell, it just, it means so much to me because we want to hold on to the past. Like it worked like Sue and I did life well together and we would have continued to do life well together. And I, there's part of me that wants that back, but there's God's moving me on and saying, no, it doesn't, you know, it's going to be different and it's uncomfortably different, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be good. Yeah. So I'm looking for the goodness of life in this chapter that I'm living as I run the last period of this race, you know, for as long as he has me here. Um, and may he come today. <laughs> but if he doesn't, there's more to be done and there's more goodness and there's more journey to, to walk through in this race. And even though you might be tired and, um, and your legs are weary, there's still a lot of beauty to be experienced and a victory to be celebrated in the end. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's inspiring. And I love that, that even though it's different, that doesn't mean that there won't be deep goodness. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's not something we, it's, it's, it's something that's probably good for this time too, like, I was talking to a guy yesterday and he said, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what my business is going to look like after this. It's going to be different, but you know, I think we'll be okay. We'll figure it out. You know, and he's a man who walks with God. He's not, he's not saying I'm going to make it happen, but I think there's going to be a lot of things that are different. Um, but we, we look forward to what is ahead mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and it can be good. And it can be good. And, and I would just say, don't waste this time. You know, I, I would, and I offer this too as a, as an encouragement. There's a section in Sue's journal. I, I, I didn't go back and find it, but it's always struck me in the midst of all of her health issues and dealing with cancer. 
there was a point in time where she wrote that as much as she would like to be healed and restored and have this all gone, she said, there's a part of me that doesn't want it to be cut short, that the suffering and the, the issues I'm going through are leading me deeper into my relationship with Jesus. And, and I'm, it's bringing me closer to him. And I don't want it to be short circuited. I don't want to miss out on what he has for me in the midst of this hardship. And it was, I like, you know, wow, I, I, you know, to, to have that inspiration that her in the midst of physical suffering would say, I don't want this to be cut short before everything you have for me internally, spiritually, in my soul with you is not fully given to me before this is over. And I, I would just say that to all of us, like, don't waste this time. Mm -hmm. like, this, is, this is a great opportunity to lean into Jesus in desperation because we're all desperately in need of Jesus. We, we're just, we've just been fed this pill that says we don't really need him. We can get along sort of with him on the margins of our life. But there's more. There's, there's yeah. more and it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And what you just shared about Sue uh, points to the reality that she was living in a larger story. True, yeah. That yeah. she understood there was a lot more to her life and the story God was telling in her life than just what she was going through now. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, uh, uh, thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. sharing some of your story and your, your heart with us and your life. I've got such a deep respect for you. Well, thanks. And Kate. so thank you. Yeah. Well, it's been good. I'm emotionally drained. I need to, yeah, go for another run or something. Yeah. Go run another 20 <laughs> miles and then report back to me on how it was. <laughs> no, not today. I'm, I'm going to go walk around the block. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Hey, Gabe, thanks. It's always great to talk with you. God bless you, Dave. Appreciate you. All right.